This is episode number six, Reset Buttons and Touching Base. This is The Path of Imperfection, a podcast for imperfect women and the imperfect men who love them. If you are ready to show how big your brave is and lean into this human experience, join the journey. Hey there. I think that we have ironed out everything as far as this podcast goes. I have to give a big shout out to Kurt Frankham for squaring everything away. He is a true podcast wizard. (laughs) After this podcast, take just a few minutes to go to my website, subscribe to the newsletter. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's going to be life changing, but I'm also not going to rule that out. So anyone who knows the Hennessy family knows that the Hennessys do baseball in the spring, summer, fall, and sometimes even in these crazy warm Utah winters, you can see the Hennessy clan in grandma and grandpa's front yard playing baseball on Sunday nights. Our family actually exists because of baseball. So when the husband got back from his LDS mission, I was far from thinking about marriage with him. In fact, my mom even told him that he needed to start pursuing someone else because my heart belonged to another. And I agreed at the time. But ladies and gentlemen, my husband is a betting man. He's a bit of a risk taker. Now, don't get me wrong. He was very respectful when it came to another man's girl. I had to get lots of things figured out before he was in active pursuit. But when the time was right, he placed a wager. You see, it was 2003, and the Yankees were playing the Marlins in the World Series. Now, people who know baseball, even those who don't know baseball, can guess that it didn't appear to be an equal match, to be quite honest. The Marlins were definitely the underdog. So he came to me with this logic. He proposed that the Marlins had more of a chance of winning the World Series than we did of getting married. So If the Marlins won the World Series, then we would have to get married. I'm not a betting woman, but the logical sense was to put my money on the Yankees, right? So the series headed back to New York. It was game six. It was marking the 100th World Series game ever played at the Yankees Stadium. What a better bet, I thought, than to put my money on the Yankees. But the Marlins won. Who knew (laughs) that Josh Beckett would be on fire the way he was that night in particular? Long story, way longer than it needed to be. I lost the bet, and we have now been married since 2004. One rule in baseball is that you have to touch the base. You can hit a home run, like lightning around the bases, but if you don't touch the bag, none of it counts. This got me thinking, how often do we, do I take time to touch base, to reset, to slow down enough to just take a breath? Now, if you're anything like me, you usually do that when there's no other option. Those closest to me know that every now and again, I get what we call stress throat. Now, stress throat isn't strep throat. Strep throat, you catch from someone and you pass it on to others. Stress throat is a phenomenon that my body creates whenever I'm overly stressed and I don't stop and reset or touch base or slow down. It feels just like strep throat. It even tests as strep throat, and I have to take an antibiotic to make it go away. But my family doesn't catch it from me. It is the absolute weirdest thing that my body does. 
Now, most times when stress is present or time is crunched or the to-do list is growing and growing and growing by the minute, we assume, me in particular, that we have no time to stop and to just be. But it's in those moments that it's absolutely most critical to take some time to reset. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm an expert at it. This is my life work to stop and to just breathe. I very much have the mantra always going on in my head to be still, to just be still. And I'm not saying that you have to take an entire afternoon or a day. A reset can be five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a quick trip to fizz, a quick splash of water on the face, listening to a song. Here are some things, six things in particular to consider as you're trying to reset or as you're trying on this idea of touching base or slowing down. These are in no particular order, just the order that I made sense of them in my head. So number one, keep it simple. Y'all don't have to get fancy. Resetting can be absolutely anything. Yes, a weekend away is a great reset or a girl's night out or a guy's night out is an awesome way to touch base. But how often can we really do those things? Hopefully those things are happening, but you need to be resetting, regrouping every single day. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, every day, at least one reset. So you've got to keep it simple. I have a playlist of reset songs, anthems that I can just belt out at the top of my lungs. Go into the bathroom by yourself without your kiddos following you. Lock the door and just splash some water on your face. Sitting on your porch without your phone or kids if possible. Looking up something on Pinterest. Pinterest fails for five minutes. Now, of course, you're going to need to set a timer because that's a rabbit hole that you could go down for hours and hours and hours. But just keep it simple. Just figure out some quick way that day that you can reset. Number two, it's very important to know that resetting, regrouping is not numbing. There is a huge difference. And the difference is all in how it feels. A reset allows you to check back in. It's revitalizing. It's some extra strength or that thing that needs to make the day or even the next few hours doable. Numbing is checking out. It's mindless. It's what you do when you don't want to have to think or feel. It's a time gobbler. Your stress, your overwhelm will not go away with a numb. It will be shelved. And once that shelf is full, it will crash down on you and you will have no choice but to deal with it and the broken shelf. So your resetting is checking in, numbing is checking out. Number three, and this is the trickiest and toughest for me, sleep. Sleeping at night is a natural reset that we all need. If you are not sleeping at night, your resets might feel like band-aids. So let's say you do one and two and there's no sleep going on. It's not going to help a ton. There is a woman in the world who has learned this from personal experience named Ariana Huffington. She is the mastermind behind the Huffington Post. And she says, our relationship with sleep is currently in crisis. But we're also living in a golden age of sleep science, revealing all the ways in which sleep and dreams play a vital role in our decision-making, emotional intelligence, 
cognitive functioning, and creativity. Every week, new research reveals how vital sleep is to our health, happiness, job performance, and relationships. She is absolutely right. Dr. David Angus has said, one of the most commanding roles sleep has is its ability to dictate our hormonal balance. From hormones that control appetite to hormones that help us manage stress, replenish cells, heal and fight infections, utilize energy efficiently, control weight, renew skin and bones, lower risk factors for heart disease and stroke, sharpen our planning and memory skills, improve concentration, and return to organ and tissue functioning to more youthful states. Both men and women out there know what hormone imbalances can do, right? To a person's body, to a person's mind, to a person's soul. I know that there have to be some late nights for you and for me. There are going to be nights when a friend just needs to talk, or there's going to be nights when you're prepping for the birthday party the next day or a holiday the next day and you pull an all-nighter. Or when you've got a few short hours to cram everything in your brain that you possibly can to pass that final. Those, however, have to be the exception and not the standard because our sleep is vital. And in regards to resetting, it absolutely has to be present in order for anything else we do to have the effect we want it to. When we feel like there isn't enough time in the day for us to get anything done, when we wish for some more time, wrote a sociologist named Christine Carter. We don't actually need more time. We need more stillness. Number four, use it when you need it. Practice it when you don't. We need to build up a storage or kind of bank account, if you will, of resets. This helps in two ways. We won't need major resets as often or for as long if you're doing it regularly because our brains and our bodies won't be in a place of reset scarcity. And we'll be able to access it quicker in times when we do need it most, because it'll already be something we've done. We don't throw kids into the deep end the first day of their swim class. This is a skill that we have to learn and we have to practice before we get really good at it. So schedule it if you need to. That's what I've come to find works best for me. I schedule daily resets. And then if I need an additional one, I acknowledge it and I touch base as soon as I can. Sometimes that means that something on the list gets bumped, but that's 100% okay. If I don't bump that one thing now, I may end up bumping a whole day or a whole week later because my body makes me. I'd much rather choose when my resets are than be forced to take them by my body. Number five, your kids are going to learn how to do this or not do this from you. So lead out. Our kids watch us much more than we can ever imagine. One of the best ways for us to teach our kids to not drink the perfection, go, 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 never stopping Kool-Aid is to stop drinking it ourselves. Our kids need to see us be still. Our kids need to see us stop. They need to see us reset. They need to see that we are human so that they can have permission to be human. Anyone who's flown on a plane knows the drill when it comes to them explaining the oxygen masks, right? They always say, put yours on first and then put on your children's, which to me seems really hard, right? Because as moms, as dads, as aunts, as uncles, as grandparents, we would immediately want to put that mask on them first. However, if you're passed out on the ground of the plane, you're not going to do your kids any good. 
So we have to teach our kids how to do this by doing it ourselves. And number six, it is all about intent. If you set the intention that this particular thing is going to be a reset, great. If you just do it because it's what you do, but you don't set the intention to have it be a reset, it does not count. So maybe you work out every day. If you set the intention that working out is your reset, not that it's just another thing that you want to make sure to do on your to-do list, then that can count. If you're taking the day off, set the intention to have part of that day be to regroup or that entire day to be to regroup. Even if you do absolutely nothing productive and you just veg, the intent to reset is what's important. So we're going to make some commitments this week. Let's stop running around the bases and stop to touch them. We're hitting home runs. We're training our best. We're running faster than we ever have. If we do not take the time to be still and to touch base as we pass those bases, we're going to be putting all that energy into a game that's not going to be one. Good talks. Good times. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm really humbled by the time that you give me. You know what's coming up next. You guessed it. The plug for my newsletter. (laughs) Go to brickstherapy.com. Let me touch base with you through email once a week. I hope that you can tackle your next week by plugging in some of these resets or by coming up with some of your own. I'm excited to hear about them. Enjoy your imperfect journey this next week.